Hey, Josh, how are you? Good, Chris. How are you doing? Awesome. I was just wondering how you'd categorize this season for you in terms of, you know, the challenges or stress or joy that you've gotten from all these foundational players coming into your offense, rookie quarterback. What is it? What's it been like to you maybe compared to your previous uh, seasons? I always kind of go into each year, uh, you know, uh, refreshed and renewed. Um, you know, we knowing that each year is going to be a different set of challenges, a different set of circumstances um, and a different team. And um, I think this, this year's team um, has provided a lot of new energy. Um, and I, I think that um, the ability to really pour into them, you know, and, and try to create a foundation for a lot of them in our, in our offense and our culture here in new England. Um, and then see them uh, take to it, adapt to it um, and, and really grow and learn, um, you know, how, how they fit into the bigger piece of the puzzle um, has been really uh, a great experience for all of us. Um, I kind of refrain from comparing years one versus another because I've had so many, uh, I've been blessed to be a part of a lot of great teams and a lot of um, great groups to be around. So um, this one's just a, it's, it's another group that I'm really cherishing every day and every opportunity to be with them. Um, you can tell, I'm sure by talking to a lot of them and seeing us on the sideline and during the course of the games, uh, how much fun and joy we're having with one another. And, I think that's a great component of team sports. And it's obviously, um, you know, you, you kind of feel better about getting up and going to work every day when that's the atmosphere you're going into. So, uh, again, blessed to be part of this group and excited to, to get ready on the, the last four games here. Our next question, Evan Lazar, followed by Mike Reese. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Good, Evan. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, I wanted to ask you from a game plan perspective, uh, Indianapolis just playing Tampa Bay and, and that passing game, although the personnel is very different, obviously. Um, does it help you at all prepare to see a similar offense from a passing game perspective go up against the Colts defense before you guys um, play Indy on Saturday? I think anytime you, um, anytime you prepare for an opponent, you try to, you try to pick the teams that they've played that most resemble your scheme and or personnel. Um, some weeks it's diff difficult to do that based on the stretch of games. Somebody might have just, you know, finished uh, other weeks. It might fall a little bit more in your favor. Um, but I would say there's definitely a few games that, you know, um, personnel wise, they, use let's call it similar groups to the ones we use um and so you get a little bit more out of that tape based on formations you might be using that they're using and and so on um the challenge with this team is they they kind of can adapt and morph their uh defense from one week to the next the way they see fit to stop your personnel and your scheme so even though you might be looking at an offensive team that, you know, used personnel or formations that are similar to the ones you're going to use, they may defend you a little differently. And so uh, they kind of force you to get ready for everything. And they have such a unique way of 
uh, deploying that during the course of the game with their disguise and their late rotation and the way that they align and can play, uh, you know, a different style of, you know, defense from snap to snap, depending on how they want to call it. So, um, you know, there's some advantages to it to answer your question, but I think there's also some things you just got to be careful assuming you're going to get defended the same way. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Next question, Mike Reese, followed by Mark Daniels. Thanks, DC. Um, Josh, you were just talking about conceptually some of what the Colts do defensively. Uh, I was curious, what is your connection with Matt Eberfluss like um, and like their personnel? What stands out to you? Yeah, Matt, uh, I've known Matt for a number of years. Um, you know, Matt was with Rob uh, and Eric when he was in Cleveland and then was again with him down in Dallas. So just, you know, kind of meeting people through, you know, uh, similar acquaintances. So um, great person, a really good football coach, um, does a really good job with their unit. Um, and, you know, their their defense, uh, I would say, is probably, um, you know, it's as good a group as we've played that's playing really well right now, which I think is important. You know, it doesn't matter what we all did in September. It doesn't matter what we did in August. And sometimes it doesn't matter what we did in November. Um, they're playing really well. And they there's a few things that definitively stand out as you watch them. Um, I'd say, number one, they got good players at all three levels of the defense that create disruptive plays. Certainly, uh, we, we won't play a defensive lineman that's more disruptive than Buckner. Um, you know, this guy is, you know, whatever superlative you want to use, you can use it. He's big. He plays with a great motor. Um, he's long. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to keep him blocked even when you do block him. Um, he's got great quickness. He can win inside or outside. Uh, they'll line him up and move him in different spots on third down. So this guy's an extremely disruptive player up front. Uh, Leonard, you know, at the linebacking core is a special player. Um, great instincts, great range, really long. Um, as probably as good of a, a, a zone linebacker in terms of being, you got to be careful when you're throwing the ball near him because he gets his hands on a lot of balls. And he's incredibly disruptive at punching the ball out. So anytime he's near the, the football, I mean, there's a chance that he's going to get it off you when you watch him on tape. And Kenny Moore, um, I mean, we had him here for a little bit. This guy is really a talented player, a unique, uh, so we call him the star position inside in the nickel. Um, he's in the middle of everything. You know, he, he's disruptive in their zones. He reads the quarterback very well. Um, he's a ball hawk. He gets his hands on way too many balls for my liking. Um, he's just an incredibly instinctive player with great quickness in a short area, uh, that can really disrupt, you know, things in their scheme. Um, you know, they, it's his own defense more than not. Uh, they will play some man to man in situations, uh, and give you some of that as a changeup, but they usually have 11 pairs of eyeballs on the quarterback and or the ball carrier. And I know I've heard Matt talk about it and you see it on film. Uh, they take advantage of offensive mistakes better than everybody else in the league, because if you make one, their entire defense sees it. And so if there's a tip ball, a drop ball, a bobble, a poor read, 
a, a, a missed route conversion, poor depth on a route, terrible spacing and zone, you know, in, in your pattern, they just, they all see the mistake at the same time. And then there's five guys around the football. And I think that's a big reason why they've turned the ball over 29 times this year, which is certainly the best in the league. So, um, you know, and, and when you watch them play on the road and at home, like there's not a whole lot of difference, you know, they play really well on the road. They play really well at home. It's a sign of a good unit and a good defense. And Matt certainly has them playing uh, really, really well. And this is going to be a huge challenge Saturday. Our next question, Mark Daniels, followed by Chris Ryan. Hey, Josh. Hope you had a good bye weekend. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. You too. On, on, on the Colts, you know, obviously, it, it, I mean, this time flies, and it, it's kind of crazy to me think. Obviously, there, there was a chance that you were the guy leading that organization. It's, it's been a while since that. I was wondering, what have you learned about your yourself, you know, since that situation? How has, you know, Josh McDaniels today, how is he different from, you know, Josh McDaniels back then, if at all? Um, I think every year I've tried to learn, um, and grow as a coach and as a person. And, um, you know, you, you make decisions, um, you know, in life and, um, and in your career that you feel like are the best decisions for you and your family. And, um, certainly what happened then. And, um, you know, you, you move forward and you do everything you can within your power to make those decisions, the right ones. And that's what I've tried to do every day. And so, I uh, certainly have no regrets about what what has transpired since then. I know they've done a great job. They have a tremendous staff. Uh, Coach Reich does a great job. Chris Ballard's uh, obviously tremendous in his role and, and what they do in their organization is is pretty special. So, um, you know, I, I've learned a lot being here. This is a great place to be. Um, I learned from Bill daily, weekly, um, you know, under his guidance. And, and uh, he really challenges me to try to improve each year. Uh, and I've tried to do that myself and um, that's all that, that any of us can really do, but uh, very fortunate to be where I'm at. Looking forward to this week. Appreciate it, Josh. Mm -hmm. I'll go back to Chris Ryan and Mike Reese. Uh, Chris, uh, your line was giving us some feedback. So just mute after your question. Sure. Uh, sorry about that. Um, Josh, I just had one more question about um, obviously going into the dome this, uh, this weekend to play. And it's long been said that it's challenging for teams in, ideal weather situations to go and play in Foxborough. And I'm curious, is it ideal for you to, to go in and play at a dome or is there some things that take place that uh, perhaps, you know, are unseen that make it challenging for you or, or is it truly ideal conditions? Certainly the conditions in terms of throwing the ball and handling the ball will be, uh, should be ideal. Um, you know, there won't be moisture, obviously there's not going to be any wind. Um, you know, and the temperature should be regulated. So in that regard, it's, it, it should be, uh, pretty docile in that regard, but anytime you go inside, um, you know, and, and play in a dome, there's, there's certainly a noise factor that is going to, uh, play a role in, in your preparation, especially when you're the offense, um, you know, which we, which, you know, that's what we'll be doing. So, um, you know, there's going to be an element of using the silent cadence, um, there's always challenges involved in, you know, just your operation. We'll practice and prepare for that all week long, like we normally do for all the away games, um, you know, and try to do a good job of, um, you know, eliminating or limiting, uh, you know, any issues, penalties, snap counts, you know, too many timeouts being used, et cetera. 
due to the operation. But uh, this is a noisy place to play. Uh, most of the places we play are. Um, this will be a, another challenge combined with the fact that this is a really good unit we're, we're playing against. And last question will be Phil Perry. Hey, Josh, how's it going? Hey, Phil, how are you doing? Good. I came in a little late, was getting some good insight from Mike Pellegrino, so I apologize if I uh, no worries. repeat Mike, anything here. Got to get insight from. It was great. I was, I'm learning a lot. Uh, I wanted to ask you just how, how Mac kind of handled that game the other night, Monday, and the, and, and the aftermath of it. You know, quarterback only throws three times. He even said after. I mean, he was all smiles, and but he said after, you know, it was a little bit of a weird experience. Um, mm -hmm. How'd you see him handle that? And do you feel like if things had to go the other way for you guys, whether it's the score or the conditions or what, and, and things had to be reversed, uh, how much confidence you'd have in that kind of plan to put it in the air as much as you guys ran it the other night? Mm -hmm. um, Max, great. Um, you know, I think the, the number one thing that I could say about him is that he cares most about winning. And uh, this is not for personal statistics or glory or anything like that. So, um, I think that's why you have a lot of people feel the way they do about him as a person, as a young guy on our team. So, um, no, certainly the most important thing was that we were able to win the game. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, circumstances and the situation during the course of each game really dictates how, you know, the game flows and then how in turn you call the game. At least it does for me. I can't speak for anybody else. I just know that I'm keenly aware after, you know, 18 years of doing this of how the game is kind of taking form. And if the game requires us, as you've seen, as the game requires us to throw it 50 some times like it did against Tampa this year, and we didn't run it very well and we didn't run it very much either, uh, then we were willing to do that, you know, because that was what was required based on circumstance and situation. Um, in this game, um, you know, could we have thrown it more? A hundred percent. No question about it. Um, and that that's on me, you know, and again, any blame that would be assessed would have been to me. Um, but, you know, just in terms of like trying to to manage the situation, the game also being, really present in the moment of, you know, following what's happening as we're running the ball, you know, and uh, you know, what are we, what are we doing? Are we, are we having enough success to stay in second and short? Are we not, you know, what's the risk reward of doing something into the wind versus, you know, handing it off another time. There's all those things you're weighing. And I don't think there's a right or a wrong. Uh, could we have thrown it 15 times? Yeah, probably, you know, would it have, would it have incurred some risk? Most definitely. Um, you know, depending on the, the way you were going. And, and again, the wind the other night was not one direction only. It wasn't like it was going like this and that was it. There was some crosswind and then there was some this way. And then it was mostly going towards the, the tunnel end. But, you know, there was definitely a switching of the wind a little bit there too. So um, I have a lot of confidence in him. I watched every throw he made in pregame. I watched every throw in warmups. You know, I, I was aware of how his ball was traveling as well as Buffalo's, you know, you want to kind of try to keep your eyes on, you know, how that's going. Cause both guys, you know, give you a good kind of, uh, you know, you, you're taking stock in like, all right, how's the ball traveling going this direction? How's the ball traveling going that direction? 
you know, what kind of ball might you need to throw if we're going this way, et cetera. So um, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, like I said, we certainly could have thrown the ball more um, during the course of the game, but I think there was an element of, you know, how is the game flowing and what's the best thing to do as the, as the game is progressing. And so that's just the way it played out. So it was a short film session, Phil, for him relative to the passing game. But uh, I will say this, you know, Mac knack, although he didn't throw the ball a lot, he had a lot to do with what we were doing. And, you know, obviously you guys know the quarterback's responsibility is numerous here. And so he was, he was in charge of trying to get us in a lot of good plays, which he did a good job of and, and setting our blocking schemes and distributing people and all the rest of it. So, um, although not a challenging night throwing the ball for him, um, he had his hands full on some of the things we were asking of him at the line of scrimmage, and I thought he handled it really well. Great. Thanks a lot, Josh. Appreciate yeah. that.